With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in once again to the midweek edition of the Talking Tide podcast. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News. I'm joined by BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer. The Talking Tide podcast, of course, available to you wherever you like to get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. You can get us live on Facebook and YouTube. And, of course, the Twitter feed is Talking underscore Tide. You can get links to all the Talking Tide podcasts right there on Twitter. Give us a subscribe on YouTube. Give us a follow on Twitter. We'd certainly appreciate it. Uh, quickly, want to thank our sponsors. More on them later in the program. But Peterbrook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, North River Dental Associates, and DraftKings keep us afloat here on Talk Tide to be in. Uh, to look ahead a little bit at this Alabama-Austin P game, it's game 11, Travis, typically uh, not a competitive matchup for Alabama in that 11th game preceding the Iron Bowl. But we're going to talk about a few other things tonight as well. We'll get into some possible early NFL draft entries for Alabama. It's probably not too soon to start that discussion. Could be, Could have some opt-outs coming down the pike. Who knows? Uh, so we'll discuss that a little bit. Alabama basketball, uh, we'll get into that as well. The Crimson Tide 3-0 and on the young season. We'll take a look at a couple games around the SEC as well. But what about this Austin P matchup, Travis? I think, I think personally that the SEC will go to a nine-game schedule. And when it does, I think we're going to see them schedule – Kind of like, I guess the Big Ten does it, where all the non-cons are in September, and then once the Big Ten season starts, it's nothing but the Big Ten until until the the league championship game. I think this week 11, week 12 non-conference thing that the SEC has done for a long time, I think that's, to me, that's that's going to get squeezed out when they go to nine games. What say you? Yeah, something's going to have to go, and the way Alabama is scheduling already, right, for down the road, doesn't speak to home and homes with, I guess, Power Five or even Group of Fives, uh, where South Florida is concerned coming up here in the in the very near future. Uh, Alabama going to travel to Tampa in a two-for-one, I think it is, with the Bulls. But, yeah, something's going to have to go, and it's going to be tough, man. You talk about the financial hit that a lot of these – athletic departments are going to take not just football programs but athletic departments from games like this uh it's going to be a it's going to be a a big hit there's no doubt about it and you're right it has become that weekend in the past that typically before rivalry weekend within the southeastern conference you have this game last year was a little different though i think i think arkansas was actually this weekend and then alabama had to turn right around and play auburn so if you wanted a little bit of a preview of what might be coming challenge-wise down the road, um, that may have been it. But 
uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be a new day. I think you're right when when the SEC ultimately goes to nine games, which we both believe that'll be the case. Yeah, a couple of SEC games coming at us uh, this weekend, but a lot of non-conference games. UMass is playing. UAB is playing an SEC game this week. Uh, ETSU is, is playing an SEC team this week, Travis. So. And, and I think Western Kentucky as well. Western Kentucky is on a different level than than the Austin P's and the ETSU's. Uh, but the conference game, just the same. Uh, you know, and you're right. It's going to be a big hit for these smaller schools financially. Some of them play multiple power fives in a season, not just one. And that's going to be a ton of revenue disappearing. Do you think? Whatever shape the Power 5 slash 12-team playoff takes, do you see a subsidy situation where they get away from playing these smaller schools, but they figure out a way to cut them in a little bit on the profits so they can stay afloat, or, or do some of these football programs just kind of die on the vine? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I don't really know the answer. I, don't, I, I wouldn't know where to begin to start with that. I guess – for the FCSs, there will still be group of fives that need these kind of games. Like mm. Austin P, for example, opened its season at Western Kentucky, but we both know that check from the Hilltoppers isn't nearly the same as what Austin P is going to get this week from Alabama. So, um, you know, how it's able to manage that, programs like this are going to manage that. Um, you know, I guess there's also the basketball buy games that'll still be out there. Uh, for a lot of these athletic departments, but again, that's it's not the same type of financial boon uh, that these type of football games are. So, uh, gonna have to get really resourceful and imaginative, I would think, even more so than they already have uh, in keeping some of these athletic departments and these football programs because it costs a lot of money to play football to get teams to where they need to go logistically and uh, everything that goes with it, the scholarships, all those type of things. So uh, yeah, I think there's, yeah. I think there's a legitimate concern for football programs specifically. Yeah, no doubt about it. Alabama again, taking on Austin P it's going to be an 11 AM kickoff at Bryant Denny stadium Saturday broadcast on sec network. Plus Alabama looking to pick up, Win number nine on the season should be able to do so against the governors, Travis. The governors. The governors. Let's go pee. <laughs> Seven and three, a son football team. And, you know, just doing a little bit of preview work this week. Uh, been a pretty impressive season. Got a offense that averages a little over 200 yards per game rushing and throws it for about 240. So some pretty nice balance. And they also have a defense with 12 interceptions on the season. Good, Brad. That's a 12-3 to 3 edge over Alabama when it what comes to picks. What does that look like? Yeah. 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 What an interceptions. Imagine that. Big Take time away. receiver on that Austin P squad as well. I think uh, this is Dre McCray, I guess it is. Yeah. Yeah. Not a big guy, but makes a lot of plays. They got two or three backs that they'll run at you. Look, Alabama should win the game decisively. That's not the point of all this. It's um, – you know, it's more about who do we see in this game, right? Uh, once you get beyond the frontline players, and uh, it is an Austin P team that has deep, deep ties to the state of Alabama. I know we've talked about that. We've both written and talked about it this week. So 
Uh, there are some storylines, but for Alabama, it's get through it healthy and let's see how many guys they can get to some spots on this team, right, in the game. And 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 it's been a little while because they've been in the midst of such a grind here uh, with the SEC schedule that it's a good opportunity to revisit some of these younger guys and next-in-line guys and, you know, kind of give them some a morale boost as much as anything else that they are going to see some perhaps daylight at the end of the tunnel this week. And I, one of the things, obviously, of, of of big margin of victory opens the door for those backups to get in and see a lot of action. Another thing that opens it up, Travis, is that sometimes we see Nick Saban give a starter or two some rest in this game and, and uh, maybe not go if somebody's dinged up and maybe could play, but it in 100%. They pull those guys back sometimes and let them heal up, let them sit out and and just get ready for the Auburn game. Thinking back, uh, one that comes to mind, uh, they sat Josh Chapman the year they played Georgia Southern. Uh, yeah, no cut knee. blocks for Big Josh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brought him back that next week against Auburn. And I don't, I, I know that's not the only example, but could be a day of rest for a starter or two, couldn't it? Yeah, Nick Saban's already happy about this FCS opponent because it's not a triple option or academy-style offense like Mercer last year, which you saw actually early in the season. Remember, Will Anderson took that cut block there um, and had a little bit of a knee issue for a few weeks after that. There was question about whether or not he'd be able to go against Florida, uh, and it's just a headache to try to deal with that offense in general when you're on a a week-to-week sort of preparation um, situation. So, yeah, um, I, I'm with you. And 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 I know he talked about some of those guys or was asked about some of those guys uh, on Wednesday evening, Jameer Gibbs, Eli Ricks, um, guys that didn't finish the game against Ole Miss last week. And uh, those would make sense in terms of guys that you don't probably see a whole lot of this week. Speaking of a couple of those guys, we'll move on quickly. Talk a little bit about what Alabama could be looking at for the 2023 NFL draft, those draft decisions. Uh, they're being formulated right now. They won't be made final, of course, typically until uh, late December, early January. I think the deadline for declarations for underclassmen is January 17th. Um Will Anderson, Bryce Young, Travis, those two have been uh, people have it's a foregone conclusion that those two are going to go. They're going to be first round picks, outstanding players, maybe high first round picks, certainly Anderson, maybe both of them. Uh, and so those two will go beyond when you get past those two. Um, what are some of the names that come to mind for you as, in terms of the most likely underclassmen to maybe make that jump? I would probably start with Jameer Gibbs, and that's understanding like we both do that the running back position isn't exactly valued like a lot of other positions these days in the National Football League. We've actually seen a little bit of a resurgence of the run game in the NFL, it seems like, this season. So maybe that helps Jameer. Um, I think he's obviously got a decision to make. I think uh, once you get probably more so on the defensive side of the ball, Branch, start, maybe. Brian Branch is certainly a guy that you're getting into to go along with Will Anderson over there. Um, 
And, and you've got the thing you got to take into consideration too, is all these guys have the COVID year pretty much right. That they could still use. So even in the case of some fourth year guys, uh, there's some decisions to be made. And so, you know, that kind of puts some other things up in the air, but, you know, I think once you get past Will and Bryce, in terms of certainty of first-round picks, it kind of drops off, doesn't it? It does. I I think Jameer Gibbs and Brian Branch are both, in my the, in my view, I think both those guys are probably second-day players, second-rounders or third-rounders, both of them. A mm-hmm. um, couple of scouts uh, that I've caught up with here in the last month or so feel like Brian Branch probably going to fall into that uh, range of maybe being the third to fifth best safety in the draft. Um, and, and it certainly helps him that, that he's been able to show some versatility at Alabama uh, and what he can do at, at, at a couple of different spots. But if you're the third best to the fifth best safety in the draft, typically you're going to go second day. And I think Jameer Gibbs, Probably a second day guy as well. A little small to 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 be a first round pick in the NFL, but he's kind of got that Alvin Kamara profile that you know NFL clubs are going to love. They're going to love what they see on tape with him when they're projecting him as uh, somebody that could help out on third down out of the backfield as a receiver, etc. Um, so I do think there's going to be a lot of excitement over Gibbs if he comes out, but uh, like like branch i think he's more of a day two guy as opposed to a day one guy yeah you know we talk about some of these guys being day two maybe day three in terms of the selection process i i still think alabama potentially at least in this draft class has a number of guys that will make opening day rosters next season uh but yeah just in terms of first round guys um, there's only a couple there that you're looking at with a great deal of certainty. And then, as you said, I, I love Branch at the safety position. I think you're absolutely right about his versatility and the value that's going to have and what he's been able to show most recently, the pass breakup against Ole Miss to seal that game. Um, he is usually a really solid tackler, and he can play within the box uh, as needed in that slot corner position. but just as an every down safety, I can see him being a, a very attractive guy to a lot of teams. Yeah, I'm going to bring up Eli Rich's name as we close this conversation. And I know he was absent and, and uh, uh, MIA really for much of the season. He's only gotten in the mix here in the last few games or so. Uh, and he doesn't project as a high draft pick. I'm not suggesting he does. What I will tell you, though, is that He's going to have all those measurables that NFL clubs like in corners, the length. His, long, his arms are super long. I don't know what his arms are going to measure, but that's going to jump out. Uh, he, he's got the length. He can run well enough. He's got the physical profile to play corner in the NFL. And they're going to have a lot of questions about why he wasn't on the field sooner. And that's fine. But some of these guys, Travis, don't have the mentality like Nick Saban wants them to have. That I, that if if I'm a if I'm a first or second rounder maybe I'm coming out and if I'm not and coming back a lot of these guys and I don't know what Rick's mindset is but a lot of them if I'm getting drafted I'm gone that's yeah not, you know right and and he's a guy that if that's his mindset he could be gone too 
He could, and he is such a wild card because of, well, he had the injury at LSU. It cost him half a season. Then he doesn't get on the field as quickly as some people had anticipated. He was showing up in first-round mocks, you know, in the preseason. And uh, that all had to do with, look, the guy, I think, had six interceptions in a season and a half at LSU. So yeah. there was production there. Um, yeah. But he still is, have those tapes, too. Yeah, he, he, to me, is right now pretty much a guy you would trust in man coverage as much as anything. And that's huge, man, because if you can play man, that's going to get you to the league. That's going to get you in some doors. Uh, I'll be interested to see exactly what he runs. I don't think it's going to be slow. I don't know if it's going to be 4-3-5 either. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, as long as it's good enough based on his length and those other attributes uh, – he should be fine. And, and you're right. Every guy is different ter- too, in terms of, you know, when they want to go, if, if they're, if they're, if they're not guys that are really all that interested in getting a degree, um, it, it's, it's probably better to just sort of jump out there into the workforce. Turning the page now quickly to Alabama basketball, Travis, we are uh, kind of our debut in our, our uh, 2022-23 Alabama basketball discussions here tonight. Alabama out of the gate 3-0 and on the season. They just won a road game at South Alabama uh, about 24 hours ago as we tape here on a Wednesday night. They beat USA 65-55. to Brandon Miller, the freshman, another big game, 19 points, eight rebounds. Uh, Noah Clowney, another newcomer, full of newcomers, this roster, 15 rebounds for Noah Clowney. Alabama out-rebounds South Alabama, 63-40. to And in all three of their games so far, Travis, against smaller teams, against teams that, you know, Longwood, Liberty, couldn't match up really physically, but nevertheless – Alabama's just been absolutely pounding the boards early. Speaks to some poor shooting, right? Uh, but it also speaks, I think, to the length and the hops that Nate Oates has put together for this team that's really an all-new look from last year. Yeah, that length comes in handy on those long rebounds when you're not shooting the three particularly well, right? That's where you get a good bit of those <laughs> offensive outs. rebounds. Yeah, tip outs and just outright grabs. So. No, they've been very, very good on the defensive end. They've been very good on the glass. Those have been the two constants. They didn't shoot the three well against Longwood at all. They shot it much better against Liberty. And then they were a mixed bag against uh, USA uh, in that win Tuesday night. So it's not a complete team at this point, but it is showing you that it can overcome sort of its bread and butter staples, which is shooting the three. They shot 30. They got 35 up in Mobile Tuesday night. So that's not changing anytime soon. They need to shoot free throws better than they did in that game. And look, we all know what's out on the horizon. We saw Michigan State beat Kentucky on Tuesday night. Michigan State on Thanksgiving night out in Portland awaits Alabama here in about a week or so. Um, So that's one you're absolutely – you already have it circled on your calendar. How this team – hangs in and what could be the ultimate rock fight with a Tom Izzo team is something I'm really looking forward to. You said that I knew that game's Thanksgiving week. Did you say it's actually Thanksgiving night? I from what I've seen here, it's Thanksgiving night with a nine thirty central PM tip off. So there you go. You know? 
Have you a little pecan pie, good bread? No, I am. <laughs> First thing that popped into my head is, is that going to interfere with my egg bowl? Thursday night, have to go look. November the 24th. Yeah, you're going to have Egg Bowl uh, that night. You're going to have NFL that night. And you're going to have Izzo and Oats on Thanksgiving night. And a belly full of turkey, no doubt about yes, it. Yes, you are. Exciting. Yeah, yeah, Alabama did, did not shoot great against USA. 10 out of 35 from three-point range. As you noted, Travis, they weren't great from the free throw line either. They shot 11 of 20 uh, from the line. Boy, Brandon Miller, though, doesn't he look good? I mean, it, yeah, it's early, deal. and, you know, I, I, I spoke to some people last night about uh, what I saw. I got a chance to cover the Alabama Liberty game uh, this past Friday, and that was the game where they really shot it well. And Miller and Sears, I think, combined for – I don't know how, how many three-pointers it was, but, the, but they shot the lights out pretty good. Miller's so long, he's he can – he can shoot over just about anybody. He's athletic. He can get after it defensively. We saw a little bit of that against South Alabama. Um, I want to. I'm excited to see him against tougher competition like Michigan State, Travis. But boy, there there sure does look like there's a. a it's a really encouraging skill set for Brandon Miller for uh, for Nate Oates. Yeah, six nine, and what this guy can do with the basketball. Uh, he already looks like a high level pro and. I like his sort of demeanor and his makeup too. You know, he was pretty poised um, through the first two plus games. Then he got a little heated, a little fired up in the second half on Tuesday night at South Alabama. I like seeing some of that come out in him. But for the most part, again, just sort of his poise and the basketball maturity that he has on the court uh, and his willingness to share the basketball. You know, some of the most impressive things I've seen him do so far are find open shooters and then get them the basketball in a way in which, you know, it's, it's teed up, it's ready to shoot, ready to go. And, um, you mentioned Clowney, he was the hard hat winner on Tuesday night against USA with those 15 rebounds also had three blocks and a steal. So, uh, the young guy from South Carolina, Noah Clowney, he's been a very, very pleasant. I wouldn't say surprise because he was a four-star coming out of high school, but relative to the other three signees in this most recent class, he wasn't the guy you were talking as much about. No, no, he wasn't. I, I think Nate Oates is excited about the depth on this team, too, compared to last year. Uh, Ryland Griffin can come in and give him a lot of defensive length as well. Uh, you know, they, they put – you know, Liberty had a kid who averaged 25 last year. They put Namari Burnett on him and shut him down almost completely. Uh, so, uh, what about Javon Quinterly coming back as quickly as he did? Man, that was. And I know there had been talk about it, but just to see him actually out there, yeah, after that knee injury back in March, yeah, that's pretty amazing. It was, it was, and and he had a he had a couple of shots, not quite fall. He he had a frustrating few minutes out there, I think, uh, production wise. But you saw the quickness. Uh, you saw the the saw uh, the confidence is what I liked. He didn't appear to be right timid or anything coming off no, that injury. No, he he didn't. That's that's for sure. And and uh, the minute you know, with him getting back and. Darius Miles is about to be back. Dom, when Dom Welsh 
gets healthy, he's going to be taking a few minutes too, Travis. So it's going to be interesting to see um, who's who's getting yeah. minutes and who isn't because there's going to be a lot of – it's going to be tough to distribute those minutes once they get to where they feel like they're 10 deep. Nate has said whoever's playing defense is going to get the minutes. He yeah. loves this situation. You're right. From he the depth does. perspective, that's what he really loves because he knows he can go 11, 12 deep. And, and and keep going if he's not getting what he wants, first and foremost, on the defensive end. All right, the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Moving on, I'm going to thank a couple of sponsors for you here really quickly. We're going to start by telling you all about North River Dental Associates and Dr. Jack Smalley with that great dental care you get from his fantastic dental hygienist right over there at 1100 Fairfax Park off of Watermelon Road, a super convenient location. On a routine cleaning, they're going to have you in and out the door in less than an hour, typically. And, of course, they can give you all kinds of dental care from laser dentistry to endodontics. The popular teeth whitening services, you got to check those out. And, of course, they're offering Botox and Juvederm treatments as well. Give Dr. Jack a call at 752-3506 or you can go online and make an appointment. That web address is North River Dentist. Dot com. It is North River Dental Associates. I'm going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. That's right. The holiday season is here. Talked about it on the last podcast, and I've devoured probably two bags worth of it in the time since. It's that peppermint bark that is back at Peterbrook Chocolatier. Oh, man, I've been checking it out, man, and it is AAA rated, no doubt about it. Good, good stuff. That peppermint bark this time of year, you cannot beat. And, of course, all the great uh, inventory they have there for you. And if they don't have it, here's the thing. They can make it. If it's if it's something you want in chocolate, they can do it at Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Going to tell you finally about our corporate sponsor. That would be DraftKings. Make every play feel easy and exciting with the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. You just cannot beat it. Check this out as well. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays so download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use the promo code tppn that's the pigskin podcast network acronym and you'll get 200 free bets if your team wins on a five dollar bet on any nfl game only at the DraftKings sportsbook again that is promo code tppn minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply travis really quickly uh, we'll zip down a couple of games in the SEC. Like we mentioned at the top of the show, quite a few non-conference games on the slate this particular weekend. Uh, but Georgia goes on the road to Kentucky, Tennessee on the road at South Carolina, Florida on the road at Vanderbilt. Uh, three games uh, that are heavy chalk, all of them, in terms of favorites. Uh, but uh, I – I don't know that any of those games are close. I am interested to see if South Carolina can hang a little bit with Tennessee at home. 
but uh, if that one's if that one's a blowout, I think they're all blowouts. What about Vanderbilt though? Playing at home, coming off that win on the road at yeah. Kentucky, good bread. <laughs> yeah. Vandy can run the football a little bit. Florida struggled with that defensively. Florida looked really good in the win over South Carolina um, in Gainesville. So uh, Vanderbilt we'll Commodores get, right get an SEC win. What's that? We're going to get Mike Wright at quarterback again from the Commodores? I, guess. I would think so. He had a good yeah. game. Threw for over 180 last Saturday. Rushed for, what, over 100? Outplayed yeah. Will Levis. Everybody's first-round pick at quarterback, Will Levis. Vanderbilt's uh, mini Anthony Richardson, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that could come down to which quarterback has the most rushing yards in Nashville this week, more so than even passing yards, because we know uh, Anthony can can get it done with his with his feet, too. Vandy fans will be delirious if, if they knock <laughs> off uh, the Gators at home. Well, and if you're a Florida fan, even though you just blew out South Carolina and Gainesville, I, I don't think you still trust that team. Yeah. You know, uh, like you said, I, I think it's a game Florida probably should win. But uh, Vandy feeling it a little bit right now. It's going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check us out on Sunday night. Travis and I will recap Alabama's home game against Austin P. So for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread of the Tuscaloosa News and Crimson Cover Television, and we will talk to you for the Sunday nighter right here on Talking Tide.